0: Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling. A new week, new president. Yep, this week, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was sworn in as the 46th president of the United States. In a socially distant ceremony which featured Lady Gaga, J-Lo and the best-selling artist of the 1990s, Garth Brooks. Do you know, that man has sold more records than Elvis, The Eagles, Billy Joel or Michael Jackson, 157 million of them. With that star-studded entourage, Biden took his solemn oath in front of past presidents, including Barack Obama, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. Ex-Vice President Mike Pence did attend, but of course, the great orange baby was stamping his foot somewhere on a golf course and nobody missed him. Now, I don't know about you, but I had never heard Joe Biden's unusual middle name before Wednesday, Robinette, Joe Robinette Biden. Apparently, he was named after his paternal grandmother. She was Mary Elizabeth Robinette before she married Joseph Harry Biden. That made me and I I don't know why I did this, but (laughs) it made me look up other presidents' middle names. And my two favourites were Warren Hardings, He was president in the 1920s. His middle name was Gamaliel. I know, he sounds like a character from Lord of the Rings. Gamaliel, maybe Game of Thrones. And also Harry S. Truman. He was president in the 40s, of course, just after the Second World War. The S in his name doesn't stand for anything. It's just S. His parents just gave him the middle name S. Seriously, I don't know why that tickled me quite so much. Harry S. Tuman, just S. Anyway, it was quite the day to be in America this week. Watching Kamala Harris being sworn in as the first ever woman to hold such a high office and a woman of African and Indian heritage to boot, Well, well, I'm not ashamed to say I had a little cry. It was brilliant. And whilst it's fair to say that a fair old whack of Americans are still furious, a quick look at my next-door local social media app showed some interesting takes on that day. More than half of the country audibly, ah, breathed out. The teenager watched it with me on the sofa and agreed it was really good. That is high praise from a teenager. And the small one was at school. Now there the teachers stopped lessons and put the TV on. Both her teachers also cried, although there were some children, I think just two sixth graders, that's kind of 11 to 12-year-olds, who were allowed to leave the room at the request of their parents and not watch the inauguration. Which, what? I mean, this is actual history in the making, whatever your politics are. And deciding your 11-year-old shouldn't see an historical moment for goodness knows whatever reason, well, I I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, I've had loads of people getting in touch this week to ask me what the mood is like here. And I'd say that amongst most people I know, it's either celebration, relief, or just another day. I don't have a massive social circle, of course, the pandemic putting paid to meeting really, well, anybody for the last year or so. But as I mentioned, There are certainly swathes of people who were still mightily ticked off. And there are also those who are worried about the future and that a Democrat president is going to change their life and bank account to the worse. Time will tell. There was another celebration this week, or holiday as they're known here, Martin Luther King Day, introduced to commemorate the birthday of the great man. It's one of a number of sort of quasi holidays here in the States, which some institutions take as a national holiday, schools, government buildings, that sort of thing. But most companies I know didn't give their staff a day off work. There's a few like this. And whilst Thanksgiving and Christmas and the 4th of July are all days off for everybody, federal holidays, like Bank holidays, Martin Luther King Day and Veterans Day and a handful more seem to be more of a kind of optional holiday. It's quite hard to know if someone's at work or not, really. Walking with my friend Barry last weekend, Brooklyn born and raised and now a desert resident. He told me that, in fact, Arizona was one of the final states to accept Martin Luther King Day as an official holiday. Some lawmakers in Arizona did begin working to create this holiday in Martin Luther King's name in the early 70s, just a few years after he was killed. But every measure they tried failed. Illinois was in fact the first state to take on the holiday in 1973 and other states followed suit. In 1983, President Ronald Reagan signed into law a bill that created a national holiday to honour Martin Luther King. It was first observed in the United States on January the 20th, 1986. Then Bruce Babbitt was the governor of Arizona and he signed an executive order in May that year declaring the third Monday in January every year should honour Martin Luther King. However, just before the holiday in 1987, there was a new governor, Evan Mecham, and the first thing that he did was to rescind that proclamation and he argued that Babbitt, the previous governor, had created it illegally. I really have no clue on what grounds. Anyway, this new governor then instead issued a proclamation of his own that there would be a day in Arizona to honour civil rights leaders in general, but it would be on the third Sunday of every January. Now, that meant that a lot of people would not take a day off work, of course. Now, this didn't really play out well for Arizona, this move by Governor Maycham. And there were so many boycotts of really major artists who refused to play in Arizona. And this cost the state a lot, millions and millions of dollars. But still, despite this massive loss in revenue, when they were given another chance to vote on it again in 1990, Arizona said no. What? So... What turned it around? Well, two years later, the NFL, the National Football League, said it would not hold the Super Bowl in Arizona for this reason, because they didn't honour Martin Luther King Day. So voters then, little ears pricked up at that, went back to the polls, and the power of football prevailed, and Martin Luther King Day was approved, first being marked in 1993, 20 years after Illinois And 25 years after Dr King was assassinated. And yet the Super Bowl did show up. It kept to his words and turned up in 1996. Another big headline this week has been the rain. The first rain of the year happened overnight on Monday night. And there's been a few spit spots since then. But nothing really that makes up for the enormous lack of rain the Valleys had for nearly a year now. The staff at the garden centre I visited this week were very excited, though. We've decided to spruce up our garden, so we will iron up a load of native plants. Headline, cacti, really blooming expensive. Forget your five quid begonias, we're talking hundreds of dollars for cacti, only about a foot high. That's the rub, I suppose, with such a slow-growing species. So I think we're going to have to get a bit more creative with our garden design. We're going to go back in a couple of weeks and in return for some garden design advice, one of the staff has asked that I record the message on his answer phone. In a Cockney accent. (laughs) I apologise if you're a Cockney listening to this. The message he wants is... Ahem. All right, Governor. John can't take your call at the moment. He's popped down the pub. So leave a message. There's a love. Why have I I don't know why I've got into this. I reckon one small creosote bush in payment, don't you? I'll see you in the desert.